Drug, drunk, pissy, uh, sipping whizzy while she smoking sticky. Uh, Pumping big buns, so you know the Bronx. Yeah. Really fuck with me. Come from them uptown avenues with them hustlers that make bread, serving more than a bird or two. If we never heard of you, it's nothing to discuss. And life's a bitch that I love to fuck for the rush. Yeah. They don't get it, sack the sale with the bucks. Might as well spend it up, nothing in life's ever enough, huh? If you came from the bottom, none of these niggas wanna problem. Cause we out here getting money. We're going to be talking with director Jesse Torero. Our director for our show is actually away on his honeymoon, so I'll be looking... I can't believe he just, like, from one director to another, he's like, oh, you guys are going to have a director? Bye! So, I don't... I know he didn't because of COVID. He wasn't able to go on his honeymoon. So, he's going... I know. Across the U.S., looking at cities and different places, so... It's going to be cool. Craze was on. He got kicked off. He's got to come back on. Um, we're waiting for him. So last time we were, what was that? The end of June was our last episode. Um, this is an episode that's been in the works for a little while. Uh, this is like the bonus feature in the director's cut. Literally. Yeah, I mean, it's the 70th episode and it's, it's Jesse Terrell. Like what, what more could you ask for? Um, but just scheduling conflicts and then coronavirus and a lot of things have, uh, have messed this episode up for us. So we finally got to put it together. So today is going to be, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. Epic. Uh, I'm so excited. Is, uh, we are live on YouTube, right? Is that correct? We yes, all, we are. Yes, we are live. <gasps> Clarence, you made it, darling. Oh, Hey guys. <laughs> hey guys. Clarence is here. Welcome to the show. We're just waiting for Craze. Sarah, oh, Sarah Duro is joining us. What? Yeah, I guess we got interference. Hey, Sarah. Hi. Oh. Hey guys. Hey, Rick. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm imagining that's your wedding photo that's up. I know it is. I just got married. <laughs> Congratulations. 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 Thanks, guys. Thanks. It was two weeks ago. So COVID wedding. <laughs> our director of our show also had a, well, his was on March 4th. But he's on his honeymoon right now because uh, he wasn't able to go on his honeymoon because of COVID. So yeah. I Where is he? He's going, I don't know what, I think he's in Guys, we're on live. Jesse Terrell is coming up in oh. a bit. Hi, guys. They're all listening. Say hi, guys. Perfect. Just, <laughs> you know, making sure everybody knows. Tune in right now. We're live on YouTube. Hey, y'all. So, Craze is here. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rick H. To my left or right, depending on how you're watching this, Craze Boogie and Jayla Sandoval are here yeah. today. Our director is joining us via Chicago today. So uh, I'll be doing the directing of these, this episode. Clarence is here. Benny yeah. Banks will be back for season six at the end of August. We'll talk about that. Uh, tonight's guest is Jesse Terrell, director, producer, 
casting. He does it all. Um, oh. If you've seen the Nikki Jams documentary on Netflix, El Ganador, that was directed by Jesse. Uh, the Maluma. I finally get to talk about it without you guys yelling at me for it. Woohoo! <clears throat> the Maluma documentary on YouTube was also directed by Jesse, as well as a ton of music videos. Um, the movie Soul Plane. Uh, I think the movie Gun as well with 50 Cent. So he's done a lot. And not of only that, he, he hasn't even like, he barely even talks or touches on the movies he's actually been in. Oh, mm. damn, I didn't know. I got to check his IMDb. <laughs> Good so, job, Craze. We're just waiting for Jesse to log on. Um, but Craze, it's been three weeks. How have you been? It's been three fucking weeks, man. Three or four weeks, been. maybe more. The thing is, bro, my concept of time... Actually, it's been a month exactly since. Crazy, crazy! You know how crazy it's been. Let's put the time spectrum for real. <laughs> the last time we spoke, Rick was a soon-to-be dad, and now Rick is a dad. My son is. Uh, Come on, guys! Congratulations! Congratulations, with that, man. Rick That's is too. officially a daddy. <laughs> he's, uh, like he's like so. How's everybody? Like his whole life didn't change Ooh. with the child. My life changed dramatically. Crazy knows. Um, midnight feeding and all that. We're getting a little feedback. I'm not sure what that is. Is that the other? There we go. No, that's better. That's better. There we go. Yeah, midnight feedings and changing of diapers. That's what I've been doing. Welcome to parenting. It's three months. And Wait sure till diarrhea notes, and throw man. up is a thing. I need all your notes for the future. Um, there's definitely a lot of apps that you can use now. Now yep. logging in live from California. I think he's in California. Director Jesse Terrell. Jesse, welcome to the show. What's, up? What's going on? <laughs> it's a yeah. pleasure to have you on uh, from one fellow Latino creator just to have you on the show. Uh, it's been a while. We've been trying to get this to work, you know. Uh, Craze is here. Yes, I, I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Yo, thank you for coming yeah. through. I don't got the hookah game, though, but I'm good. <laughs> That's only crazy, though, and it's every episode, so don't feel bad. So, well, if, if, my little if baby. you listen to the audio, you'll hear him pulling on the hookah in the podcast. Okay. How's um, my audio? I know they wanted me to have headphones, but I didn't have No, it sounds, it sounds perfect. It sounds perfect. Okay. I'm in my room. It's quiet. It sounds perfect. So because of COVID, we have to do our podcast like this via Zoom, live on YouTube. So let's just get to it. Who is Jesse Torero and what is Cinema Giants, by the way? Wow. Who is Jesse Torero? People don't ask me that kind of question. You know, you never answer for yourself. Yeah. But, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a dreamer. I'm a young Dominican kid who grew up in the Bronx, a couple of blocks from Yankee Stadium. Then we moved to Jamaica. Queens and you know parents come from the Dominican Republic and sometimes you know this world makes you believe that you can't do certain things you know and and I, and I was the kind of kid that always didn't take no for an answer right and I always dreamt bigger than my neighborhood allowed and, and I always pushed the limits to do more and more and I felt that especially as a Latino we deserve so much more and 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 
you know, I based my whole career on trying to push that agenda. So how do you, how did you get into directing music videos and TV and film? For me, it was like, um, when we moved to Jamaica, Queens, it was one of those situations where my father bought a house that he could afford, but it was like sort of run down. So my father thought, you know what, he has time, he'll rebuild it himself. You know, my father was, you know, really good with his hands like that. So when my father bought the house, he didn't really look at the neighborhood well, right? So it's like, you know, we lived in a house, but the neighborhood was like crack infested. And, you know, there was a lot of violence in the neighborhood at the time. So, you know, there was a time where my mother was coming home from work and my father was going to work. So instead of, you know, there was four of us. So instead of letting us be out into the streets, my mother was like in that gap when nobody was home, she was like, she didn't want none of us going outside. We were like all young teenagers. So she said, you know, to entertain ourselves and she gave us a camera. So for a long period of time, we would make these like spoof movies. We would make these spoof music videos and all we used to watch was video music box. And videos would come wow. on and and we would make our own version of these videos, whether it was EPMD, whether it was LL Cool J or whatever was out. And my father worked maintenance at CVS. So he would come home sometimes with things that they would throw out or let him keep. And some of them were like soundtracks to movies that were out. So we would take those soundtracks and we would make our own little movie. Right. So that's all we knew in terms of like filmmaking. We, you know, we weren't I wasn't in college yet. We didn't think that any of that was going to be a career. And one day while we were watching Video Music Box, they made an announcement that they were looking for extras for this movie called Juice. And we were like, all right. We thought that, you know, we were young and we thought there were going to be a lot of girls there. So we said, you know what, let's check it out. But when I got there, I was intrigued by the whole process, right? And, and when you heard somebody like give the speech and what they were looking for and that there weren't a lot of Hispanics or African-Americans in the Screen Actors Guild, so they were having these open calls, I was intrigued by it. And the woman that was speaking was a woman named Winston Sinclair, who right now does major, major casting on films. So when, you know, they were taking people in like 40 at a time and then like, thank you, you go off. And then I, you know, when I saw that, I wanted to learn more. So, you know, I, I lied to the person, you know, people shouldn't lie. But at that moment, I lied to the person and told them that I left my keys inside. So when I went back inside, I spoke to the lady more one-on-one -on -one and I told her that I was really interested. And at the time, there wasn't a lot of Hispanics. So she said, look, I like your look. You should come back and meet the director. So when I came back to meet the director, my brother Ulysses came with me. And then, you know, he had a pimple on his nose. So he was like, he put a Band-Aid over it because he felt like, yo, he didn't want to go with this pimple. But the director thought he looked like extra thug with it. So like when we came in, <laughs> he liked, you know, he liked the fact that me and my brother sort of look alike. So, you yeah. know, he was like, oh, I like these kids. And. And then he was like, look, let me, you know, I want to put you in the movie as part of the gang in the movie that has beef with Tupac Shakur. Now right at that time, cool. Tupac wasn't a star, right? So yeah. nobody really knew who he was like that. And that sort of opened my eyes. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, when I got to set, everybody was young. So Tupac was young, like all these kids, Omar Epps, they were all young guys, you know? So the, the set was cool, but I never, you know, everybody else was like super urban, you know? So the the, the cinematographer, the director was African-American, you know, some of the people that worked in casting were Boricua. And it was like, you started meeting all these people. And I didn't know that people that grew up like me worked in the film business. 
So from that point on, I started, you know, just working in the film business, trying to figure out whatever I could, bring people coffee, do a, we did an internship, just trying to like get our foot in the door and like little by little, you know, like anything you, you, you grow up in the business. So I have actually a two-part question. Um, I'm, I'm glad you brought up your brother, uh, Ulysses. I actually Talk went to Yuli, to by the way. Yuli, I went to Yuli's acting class in New York City. So I, I know you guys. I love your family. I mean, I know the crew of uh, Cinema Giants. It's, it's a phenomenal thing what you guys are doing for the whole Latin community because it's not just Dominicans and Puerto Ricans. It's also, I know um, my co is Central American like I am. So for me, that's such a big staple for us. But, but um, what, so mine's a two-part question. It, it, one part leads to the second. The first part, I know you said from young, you guys were doing those parody videos and you guys were like, you know, just copying those things. But what was like, I don't know if you remember, but what was that one trigger that was like, this is what I want to do. Like, you know, for the rest, like this, this is it. Like, I want to do this. I love videos. I love making parodies or I love making film or I, what was that one memory that triggered that? But and not only that, how did that lead you to transition from doing that to going into not only directing music videos, but then taking that next step to TV and then that next step to films and then next step? Like, how did that go? You know, I, I think for me, it was, uh, it was a couple of different levels, right? I, I think that um, when we first got to Jamaica, Queens, uh, you know, you go to zone high school. Right. So my mother was taking us to these zone high schools and one of the, the high school we were zoned to, you had to walk through metal detectors. Right. So that kind of didn't sit well with my mom. You know, so my mom was like, whoa, I, I can't send my kids to the school. They got to walk through metal detectors. And Absolutely. we were, you know, we excelled in school. So, you know, I, I always excelled in school and did really well. So my mother, you know, had an issue with that and always wanted push for a better education. So, you know, I got accepted to private schools and so did my brothers outside of our neighborhood. So we went to private school. So here I am now going to a school where 90% of the kids in my school are white and they and they they all come from like middle class, or upper class neighborhoods. So at that point, my mentality started to shift to say, you know what, when you're, you know, when everybody in your neighborhood is, it has a similar mentality, but then you step out of it, you know, and the only people that I might've saw that were not urban were police officers and they didn't treat us good, right? right? So that was my only perception of like maybe of potentially of a white man was someone who mistreated me in my neighborhood, right? So now I, I'm like outside the neighborhood and all my friends are white. So now I'm like, okay. And then I have all my friends that are black and Hispanic in my neighborhood. So I started getting a broader view of the world going, wow. Like, you know, everybody doesn't live like the people in my neighborhood, you know? Like there's so many other people because so you only know what you see. And then I said, you know what? Then from that point, I always started thinking bigger and thinking bigger and thinking bigger. And that's why when I was on the set of Juice and I saw another environment, I said, wow, now there's people that look like me that actually do this for a living, right? But I thought at that time that I wanted to be an actor first. And I studied theater in college. So Juice was at the transition of me starting college. Mm -hmm. So I, I took theater in college and film was like a secondary thing. You know, I used to be a fan of like Happy Days and shows like that. That'll show yeah. my age, right? But um, Ron Howard, who played Richie Cunningham, you know, started as an actor and then became a, a huge director who I'm a fan of. So I thought that all the directors that I saw images of looked old. So I said, okay, 
I'm going to be an actor first and then a director when I'm old because, you know, all the directors look old. So it wasn't something for, you know, when I was in college at 18, 19 that I thought I could be a director. It's like it was part of the process. Yeah, yeah. So I studied theater and I was still like playing around working in in the in on films. And then I did my share of acting. But it was at some point my resume looked exactly the same. It was like thug four, thug three, um, you know, drug dealer one, you know, it was all like similar things, you know. And um some friends of mine that I met on the set of Juice that were Moriqua, you know, told me that they were um, getting ready to do a movie called I Like It Like That. And that movie at the time was the first film being produced by the studios that had an all Latino cast, right, in New York City. So they said, you know what, Jesse, I know you want to be an actor, but in order for us to make change, we need more people behind the scenes because a lot of the decisions are done behind the scenes. We need more writers, we need more producers, we need more directors. So I decided to drop out of school at that moment right and take this internship because it was during my third semester mm-hmm. so i dropped out and i and this is my third year in college so i dropped out kids just stay in college i'm not a good example of that. <laughs> I, i'm not preaching that i'm just saying i i took time off at that moment to do this internship because i was but at, I shot least, for- but at least you but at least you use college and that's what a lot of people don't understand sometimes college can just be the tool to propel you to where you need to know where to go. Because without knowing some type of guidance, you wouldn't have gotten there. So it's not that you dropped out for a bad reason. You dropped out because you had a better opportunity, which is what is the point of college. Yeah, I think, think, you know, there's a lot of things that that are positive about being in college. You know, if you can figure out what you want to do. A lot of people just sit through college and just spend four years, but they don't really know. Like they don't go in there with like the love of something. Like I want to study, or I want to make a change and do this. So I, when I got the opportunity to do the internship, I worked on the film and I worked behind the scenes now. And I started seeing the structure of the way a movie gets made and, and the way decisions get made. And that opened my mind again. So these are all like parts, you know, nothing happens overnight. So these are all like jewels that you get and information that you get uh, along your journey. And then um, after I like it like that, you know, because of the internship, we started getting other opportunities and the music video thing started becoming really popular in, the, in New York. So we started working in production on music videos. But now the directors in music video was a different vibe. They were younger, you know, so that opened the door to say, oh, wow, here, you know, here you start seeing the Hype Williams of the world, the Paul Hunters, the F. Gary Grays, the Diane Martells, and they were like a younger group of kids doing these videos you know younger adults so then working on that I you know it opened my eyes to say oh wow maybe this is something that I can do as well right so you know it's all was part of the process it wasn't like it is today where you just wake up and say I want to be a director and you put that hashtag on your Instagram and you're a director back then it was like years before they gave me an opportunity like you know it was like three years of picking up laundry and bringing people coffee two years of cleaning the floors two years of doing this one year standing on the corner telling people you can't walk by the set, you know, you know, it was years and years and years. So you got an opportunity. Now it's like, I, you know, you just a director overnight. It's, 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 bro, it's, <laughs> please preach that. That's my point. I would love for you to continue <laughs> preaching that. And that's such a valid point because like, I know like for me, I'm a like, 
and obviously like you are amazing i love you your brother all the work you guys have put in throughout the years and for me i feel like i'm like here compared to where you guys are there and that is such an important and vile part of i think a lot of people's careers even for myself i've been in the position where it's like do i leave college do i not leave college do i stay here what do i do and and it it's a beautiful thing that you say that that it just doesn't happen overnight and it takes years of coffee and this and laundry and this and you don't even know where it's going to take you but it's realistic and that's the reality and that i think we should and i love that you touched that base because we should be talking about that more because a lot of these people especially nowadays think that you do one great tiktok and that's it you're famous so we are having some technical difficulties oh no jesse dropped out um, once he comes back in, we'll return to the conversation. Um, yeah, which... but, you know, something that I, that, I, that I think we should mention once we have um, Jesse back on that I think is really important that he's that, like Jayla said, it's really important that he said it. But it also talks, bro, about like access, you know, like the fact that for, for his journey, like the access that was given to him, you know, he had to crawl. I mean, I don't think it was given. I mean, he clearly no, no, had... but that's what I'm saying. And oh, that's the point. I think I, I think that's a, he's saying that. He... I know where Craig is trying to get at. It's it's mm-hmm. what he says is that he's been there, and a lot of it has been networking. It's been a lot of work. You put in the work, but you also network while you put in the work, yeah. and it's learning and wanting to be hungry and having that curiosity. And I think that means a lot. That's a big deal. I think that that takes a lot of people. I mean, for me personally, when he said he dropped out his third semester, I'm 18 credits shy of my bachelor's. And it's not that I haven't wanted to get it, but it was between that or being a production coordinator for celebrity hosted shows at MTV Tres on South Beach. Like, let's be real. At 22 years old, what are you going to decide to do with your life? Going to go work for MTV or stay home? Again, let's say uh, Jesse's coming back on now. That's cool. uh, we do not condone kids dropping out of college, though, Jada. No, <laughs> no. He's coming. College, back. Your college is always a great way to explore and to know who you are and what Welcome. you want to do, and it's a great place to fail and get back up multiple times. Welcome back, Jesse. Uh, I'm back. I'm back. So, Craze has the next question for you. I do. If he can I'm- put the hookah down. <laughs> Nah, I don't need to put the hook in there. Um, <laughs> uh, so I had a couple, I had two questions, right? I mean, for me, it's more like we talk about wanting to get into this field. And I think what you just talked about, uh, you know, just, just to kind of touch back on what you said, which I think is really important, your process and your, like, journey to get through that um, is kind of what made it possible, I think, for like all of us and the like you're saying like now you can because of social media because of the technology that's more available and the access that we have to all of this technology you can get there much faster but like we also have to look at the process that it took like if you guys wouldn't have done what you did and went through the processes that you uh went through to kind of open those doors and figure out that like this this latino content was kind of um a missing component to a lot of this shit and even in the urban environments like without you guys doing that shit we wouldn't like what exists now kind of doesn't doesn't really exist in the same way i feel right so i feel like 
first of all, that I feel like it's valid what you're saying. I, I think is your journey was what made it possible to do it. So you guys are like the pioneers of some of this shit. And so like within that, with with all the stuff that you've done, what what stuff did have you liked working on the most? Right. Like I know obviously you love all of this shit because this is what you do, but like what stuff was it, would it be music videos? Would it be movies? What what you know, what's you know, that's a, that's a hard question because uh, when you're an artist and you're passionate, uh, you love you love it all. Like you love all your projects, right? All your projects are like children you give birth to, you know, and and and, and you feel like you got to nurture this idea and this thing. and You got to see it grow up. And, you know, of course, a music video is like uh, quick satisfaction in a way because you, you I come up with an idea, but. Music videos I love so much because I can do anything. I can put an artist on the moon. I can come up with whatever outlandish idea and I can achieve it pretty fast. And three weeks later, a month later, it's out on television and I could be sitting in the barbershop and some dude cutting my hand. Like, this is some bullshit. Like, this video sucks. Like, I used to be in the barbershop always doing the countdown. You get like, you know, a real opinion on the work and people respond automatically. When you work on a film, that's a year, a year and a half of your life before anybody gets to see it. You know, I spent almost a year of my life working on Nicky Jam, more than that. It was probably two years in terms of like prepping it, getting it sold, coming up with the ideas for the episodes, um, oh. interviewing the people that exist, going around and, and getting all the data of his life story, interviewing the individual people, finding what that story is, carving it out, getting approvals from him, going back and forth before we even started shooting, right? Then I spent seven months living in Mexico City. We, we, we built it out of Mexico City, shot a lot of it in Mexico. Then I spent a month in Medellin. Then we went to Puerto Rico, to New York. So it's like, then there's all the politics to even just get it for the people to see it, right? So, I mean, I feel extreme out with the Nicky Jam project. And, you know, that, that, of course, took a lot more of me, a lot more of my time. And um, I spent a lot more time with that child, right? And, and, and birthing that project and making it happen. And, you know, so they're all very important to me because you're an artist, you know, and sometimes we're an artist first and not a businessman. So people criticize me because, you know, sometimes I lose money or things, this and that. But, you know, for me, it's always about the idea first. You know, good work is always going to get more work, you know, and people, you know, fail to realize that. They think there's some other secret sauce and skill you can have to get work, but the work gets you work. You do you do really good. People respond to the work, you get more work. That's you know, and and that none of that comes easy, right? So it's always about putting your heart one hundred percent and putting all your energy towards what you're doing. And, and that's why I try to only do what I'm passionate about. Like you know, and, and sometimes I miss it. Trust me, I was hearing a song the other day that's that's hot, but you know, sometimes I get those songs and I just throw it right out the window. Back in the days when I used to get CDs, I used to throw shit right out the window. And then a month later, it's like a hit, but it just wasn't gonna resonate with me, you know? I'm not yeah. saying I'm the best A&R, but I gotta do shit stuff that I enjoy, that I love. I can't spend 14 hours on set listening to some dude sing the same song and over again <laughs> if I dislike it. And, 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 you, and you know, I'm not gonna do it for the money. And I, and I shouldn't do it. I'm not the right director to do it if I didn't fall in love with the record. You know, I have to find something that I can associate myself with the record or feel confident about putting my name behind it and doing it, you know? You know, and the same with projects. When people bring me projects, sometimes they bring me stuff and 
you know, and they're like, oh, this is about this, and these guys selling drugs here, and this guy. And I, look, I have no problem doing the gangster stuff, but I don't want to just be known for that. You know, I got a couple of yeah. projects that live in that space, and I can do a couple of drug dealer movies, but I can't do 20. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? I got to pick the one works whether again, they sell drugs or not. You're spreading the right message, though, because you're doing it again for that passion for what you love and what you not only believe in. And I know, obviously, you know, you're you're a girl dad and you obviously <laughs> yeah, and I changed my perception about a lot of stuff, too. And I and I know that and I seen that through the transition of your work, um, which how you've been molding and creating. And I know, obviously, as a creative, it takes a really hard time for that. So I just want to give you a little bit of kudos for that. The boys will make fun of me because probably in the last season, we can go back to like four or five episodes. Where bringing up the Nikki Jam. Yo. She's bringing up the Nikki Jam. Uh, got another series on every episode. We could have comedian <laughs> Aries Spears on, <laughs> and she would say, "Oh, Aries, you need to watch this show." Or, uh, no, appreciate that. Oh, and again, Thank you. And it has, and it has to do with a lot of like. Again, I'm, I'm. Central American. I grew up, I don't have a lot of representation in what my culture is. So for me, I've had to adapt to other cultures, especially, mm -hmm. you know, loving New York the way I do adapt to being uptown and, and in the Bronx and being in Queens. And I've had to adapt to all of that. I was born in Long Island, but I was raised in South Florida. So for me, I'm a Miami, I'm a South Florida girl, but New York has my heart. So for me, when all of this and what you and I've seen you and your brother do, because I'm so close to my brother and I've been in his classes and how you guys adapt with each other and the progress you guys try to grow as a family not only as a family but for your people and the processes you have grown because not only I've seen you grow not only with what you do but with the artists you grow with and the people you grow around and I was we were talking when you disconnected about for it's the network you know what I mean? Where you're networking, you're, you're, you're growing through that process of interning, you're growing through the process of working and, and, and going through that. So I just want to give you kind of like a thank you for that. Cause I've experienced Appreciate it on that. my own and I feel like I haven't even touched what you have guys have done. And it's so important to talk about that because we live in such a world of perception with all this social media where everybody's just like poof out of nowhere i'm a tiktok star poof out of nowhere i'm an instagram model like poof uh, out of nowhere i'm an insta influencer and i think for me and my and back in my days and i'm only 32 like that's not how it worked you know people who worked 10 years was like oh they came out of nowhere no i've been working 10 to 15 years to get here you know yeah, so you that's know, the, the, important the, to keep talking about the thing is, is that, you know, people tend to pick like, like if there's nine examples of people that are really successful, that worked hard to get their success. And there's one example of like a, someone who didn't work hard, like people navigate to that person and go, I don't have to work hard because this person didn't work hard. And I'm just like, you know, that's like winning the lotto too. You know, there's always going to be an example of somebody that maybe poof, the money dropped on their head. But that's not everybody's example, you know. That you know, it's like everybody's not gonna have a, a situation like Kim Kardashian had, and end up where Kim Kardashian ended up, right? It's like there's a lot of girls that have done similar things to think that they're gonna rise to fame, but the stars didn't align the way they did for her, right? And the, and whatever the work ethic and the mom and the family and the whole package. So what I'm saying is, a lot of people 
look at things like that and then they think they can trigger it themselves somehow without putting in the years of work and the, and the stuff. And, you know, I try to avoid those people because I, I get a lot of those directors too that, you know, did three or four or five videos and they just think they're like the hottest thing in the game. And, and um, I try to avoid people like that with that mentality. You know, when, they, when, when the right people come to me and most directors will say that when they approach me, I, I, I try to give them the best advice or, or whatever I think the right advice is, but I lend everybody an ear I lend everybody an eye. I look at the work. If I feel that you're really passionate about what you do, if you're just trying to be overly be cool on Instagram and hang out with <laughs> artists and take photographs, it's like, I can't, I can't rock with that. So we were talking about the Nikki Jen. We're going to talk about your work right now. And you told, you got a chance to tell Nikki's story and you also did something for YouTube originals with Maluma, where Maluma got to tell his story. If there were an artist or a person living or past that you were given a project to tell their story, who would that be? You no, know, there's this, you know, I just had a conversation with some artists today about doing something with them. You know, there, there's a couple of projects we're working on. One of them is like in that Latin urban music world. So I, you know, I, I can't talk about it just yet until the ink's dry, but there's, you know, we're having a lot of those conversations. I think that people look at Nikki's story and a lot of artists are going, yo, you should do my story. You should do my story. And, and I'm like, cool. There are a lot of stories to tell. Everybody does not have the depth of the story Nikki had with the characters and the mom and the dad and the issues that he had growing up. A lot of people don't have enough to do a series at that scope. Now, there are a lot of um, people that are younger that have a you know smaller career that maybe there's a great movie in Eight Mile or Gay Richard Die Trying or something else that they can do with their life, you know, but, you know, everybody's like thinking like, I want to do the next Casa de Papel with my story or whatever. And it, and sometimes it doesn't add up. So, you know, I'm trying to pick and choose sort of the things that I feel are, are right and going to resonate with me. And, and I've been talking to a lot of the artists because I do want to be that bridge. You know, I started in Juice at a time where in the sort of African-American community, the rappers were getting to a level that they were so big that they were crossing into film. And you saw um, Tupac and Ice Cube and LL Cool J and Ice-T, and you saw all these guys, Will Smith, sort of crossing into cinema. And that hasn't happened in reggaeton, right? So when you start seeing Nicky Jam, you start seeing guys like that and really showcasing their skill, and you see Maluma has a movie coming out with Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson, you see these things are starting to happen that I want to help be that bridge for a lot of them. Because a lot of them want to do it. Some of them don't understand the intensity and the, you know, you can't just be an, a, a musician and then decide to be an actor. Like, it's like two different sports. So you got to condition yourself to, you know, with the discipline to be able to do that. You know, it's easy to kind of make a cameo with just playing yourself. But to do sort of the work that Nikki did in El Ganador, Nikki will be the first one to tell you it wasn't something that was just as easy as one could imagine. It takes a lot of work. Right. So when I find those those um, singers that want to make that transition, those artists, then I I've been working with a lot of them behind behind the scenes trying to figure it out. So we have some stuff coming. I can't talk about it yet, but there are some things coming. I have a new show coming out um, end of September, October. It's a scripted series. It's sort of in the world of Latin urban music, reggaeton with all female characters, because I felt that the point of view of females was was strongly missing in the genre 
So okay. I, 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 I uh, created a story about these girls trying to make it in the music industry. It's not really about like some man coming in and saving the day. It's them doing it themselves, making the music themselves. And um, Nati Nadacha joined me on the project as an executive producer. So, you know, it's, there's a you know, big female voice behind it. But you know, um, I'm really excited about it. It's called Bravas. Yay! Do you know? Do you have any platforms or anything kind of set up for that yet? Or? Yeah, no, we did it. We 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 did it for YouTube Originals. So it's oh, a okay. YouTube Original series, eight episodes. What's up? September. Late September, early October. We're still. We haven't finalized the date yet, but we're extremely excited about it. The show's done. We shot it all on location in Puerto Rico. Um, um all new talent. You know. And my whole thing is when I was on the set of Juice, right, the one thing that I saw that Ernest Dickinson did is that, and in that era, Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, all those directors, kids that nobody ever knew and gave them an opportunity. And part of our, our journey is to create the new stars, you know? So in El Ganador, like choosing a kid like Dark Yell, who never acted before and guiding him through that process. And a lot of the talent in El Ganador wasn't recognizable to anyone. And it's giving these platforms to these new, new talent coming up. And, and that's what I tried to do with Bravas, where it's like, you know, I empowered a female writer that was one of the writers on El Ganador to be the head writer of the show, you know, so that we, it was told, you know, by female. She directed some of the episodes, you know, and empowering that to make sure it wasn't like, I'm trying to make a female show and then surround men, right? So we wanted to make sure that that voice heard, was heard properly. And we cast you know, a bunch of new girls that, you know, the world is going to, you know, see and hopefully fall in love with the way I did. Shout out to Lely, by the way. I love oh, Lely. Yeah, yeah. Lely's, uh, Lely's in the series too. Lely's in this series Lely too. Lely did an amazing job. Shout out to Lely. Yeah. That's why I shouted her out because I love Lely. Um, and speaking about that, like, obviously we've, I mean, without actually saying it, it's been said. And it's something that I feel like is so important for us. And I've always said this. I feel like for me, I've been talking about this movement about our Latino bridge and what you said, being a bridge about this, like bicultural, bilingual, bringing our artists into our world and doing everything kind of cross-cultural the way we kind of were raised realistically. We were all raised this mm -hmm. way. So for us, it's kind of natural. And I feel like not only me, but everybody has thought this way. If you're a bilingual first, second, third generational, you know, immigrant child that we can do this. Um, the representat representation matters, I think, has yeah. obviously been something you've mentioned without having to say it. And I think that's oh. extremely important. Um, but what are some other changes in the industry that you would like to see a little bit more? I know that there's a lot right now going on, you know, obviously, and this is something I've always said, like, you know, everybody else, we used to have Mundos, we used to have MTV Tres, we don't have those outlets anymore. And it's crazy that we had it then when we were so far ahead of where we are now, where we should have it more and it be a thing. But like, where do you see that? Where do you want the industry to like change? Like, what do you feel we're missing? Like, where do the growth, like the growth need to be? These are the questions you were, where you like, should I say the truth? Should I, you know, everything <laughs> I, I, know, say, I, know. I, trust everything I say might get me in trouble. Oh, you know? bro. Um, the, the thing is, is that, you know, 
for me to say that racism didn't exist when I first moved to Hollywood and and that uh, when you, you know, sometimes you, you make deals with studios or you make deals with someone and you feel like, you know, it's almost like they got a shelf of where the deals stand. Like, these are the good deals that we give to these guys and, oh, he's Latino. This is your deal, right? And you're like, shit. So, you know, half the time you feel like, you're, you know, your budgets don't support what you're supposed to be doing. Absolutely. And then your, your counterparts are getting twice, three times, four times the money to do something that feels like mediocre to the stuff you're doing, you get one eighth of the money because it's language, because it's Latino faces. Cause, and I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm already to the point where sometimes I'm frustrated because we, especially when you talk about reggaeton, right? And anything that's surrounding reggaeton, reggaeton is pop culture. It's, the, it's, it's one of the biggest mu- driving music in the, in the globe. Like I'm it's not just, artists it's right like, now. sometimes we would talk to, I would tell people the numbers of some of the artists and stuff like that. And they'll be like, yeah, but you know, the audience, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, none of my numbers were outside of the United States. Like I was only talking about arenas in the U S so let's do comparables to people who perform in the United States. Like these guys are doing four nights at Staples Center, three nights at the garden. Like, you know, so people are consuming the music here. Right. But they always want to put some label on it. So sometimes I feel like, we're supposed to work twice as hard to deliver some sort of work. Like there's no budget that comes with the work. Like when you watch uh, your programming and you hit a button, it goes, he made it for this amount of money. Right. So like somebody's, you know, watching these shows going one show got $30 million and one show got $3 million, but you're watching one from the next. And as a filmmaker, it's hard because we got to do that level of work for one twentieth of the cost. You know, and, and, and it sometimes it's unfair, you know, and I feel like when I was um, hearing Viola Davis talk the other day about her career and, and sometimes not getting paid equally, you Going know, that's happening all across the, the board, night. you know, so yep. I feel like that's what I feel sometimes, uh, you know, the industry, and, it, and it's, it's a mental thing too, because they go, maybe I'm doing a show and let's just use a number, they want to give me $5 million, but, you know, that same series somewhere else, they're paying fifteen. You know, but in somebody's mind, they might say, like, Jesse Trey should be happy with the five million dollars, you know, like, like it's no. a lot of money for him. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And I'm just like, wow, you know, or sometimes they try to put you in a box and they're like, you know, oh, you know, they only want you to do projects that have Latino faces. But that doesn't go the other way around. There's a lot of movies with Latino faces, African American faces that are being directed by people that are not African American or Latino written by them, but they don't allow us sometimes to cross the other bridge. And they go like, oh, well, you know, like we're only gonna show you these projects because they are Latino themed and these make more sense for you. And that's why I always tell people, I say, yo, the camera I use is the same camera they use. As mine's not the Latino edition, same camera, same <laughs> lenses, same equipment, you know? But and, you know, the, only thing it's not, the only thing that's not the same is the budget. Exactly, sometimes. I'm working on that. But, you know, my whole thing but is But you're that, breaking barriers, and that's what's important, that you're showing these people the numbers, what El Ganador is doing, what all the other things that are doing. Even though it's slow but sure, it's one of those things, which is what I feel like 
80% of Latinos don't have, which is paciencia. <laughs> we just yeah, don't have the patience. It's hard. And it's not, it's not an us thing. It's just a difficult thing because we work so hard and we're such passionate, blooded people that it's hard because we want to see this work. We want to see good for our people. We want to see growth. And sometimes the growth that we want just doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't. But, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, when you look at it, it's an order for us to get in positions where we have the power. Sometimes we need the finances and the wealth behind it. And if they don't allow you to build that, it hurts you. Because if, if we're doing the same amount of work, but we're making one fourth of the money, like how do we build the companies we need to build? How do we build the things we need to build in order to open other doors? Like Cinema Giants, there's no finance here for Cinema Giants. Cinema Giants is financed by me. You know, so it's like, I got to finance everything, all the development, the this, the that, everything I do is financed by me. So it's well, like, when, when, when you see me doing a lot of music videos, you know I got something new coming. Because I'm like, okay, back to on the grind, bang, 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 bang. And then I, you have to make the next Nicky Jam type show or idea conceptually that I can build, right? Because it's like, it's all funneled by what we do. So we go work, then we take the money, we reinvest in ourselves, right? So, so yes, look, at some point, someone will come knocking on my door and maybe after all these years of work, they'll say, hey, Jesse, you deserve more. I, you know, I can't let that stop me. So I continue to do it. I don't look for excuses. I'm telling you that, that's some of what I'm saying is the way the industry has been designed and hopefully there's more change coming. But I don't use that as an excuse. I'm never going to sit here and tell you I didn't do this show. I didn't do this because of this. Or they treat mistreated me. I find a way to get it done. I do it because it's all part of the, you know, I got to keep the, the machine going. I got to keep trying to open those doors. If, if something like Nikki Jam didn't happen, they won't be something following. Mm -hmm. Right. So I had to try to do something where they can see us authentically because they could have made that show. Without, without the wrong actors, with the wrong talent that didn't have the authentic voice. And I fought really hard to try to prove that. And I know you brought up Cinema Giants just a few seconds ago. And we brought it up earlier. Mike Co, you guys have a bunch of like, honest, honestly, you guys are Cinema Giants. Exactly what you named it, exactly what you guys do. You guys have some of the best videography i'm not even going to say music videos because it's not just music videos it's videography in the game right now like what is I'm excited. moving forward for that you know look for me i um all the directors that are in my company uh, i'm extremely passionate about and, and um i wanted to create a company that wasn't centered around me that was kind of like the yankees of music videos and just a powerhouse of guys and girls that I can sort of empower, give advice to, sort of guide them. You know, I don't get overly involved creatively with them unless they, you know, they share creators with me. I try not to like, I don't want to create another Jesse Torero. I'm trying to let them live and have their vision be what it is, you know, because a lot creating of them- Creating a school of leaders. Yeah, because, you know, it's like Mike Ho and me, you know, we're a decade apart in age, right? So like Mike speaking to a, a whole nother generation in his voice. Like, I can't, you know, I got to let him speak to the to his generation the way he wants. You know, then I, you know, if it's a, another one of my directors, they all got their own point of view. And that's what makes them special. Right. So I, I just try to empower that as much as I can. But, you know, for me, most of them haven't done feature films yet. Right. So I'm trying to help them advance in their careers and show them another path, show them another way, because music videos 
you can have a good career in music videos, but you can't sustain your whole life doing music videos. You gotta, music videos are like college, you know, you gotta graduate at some point, and, you know, <laughs> get out there, you know, it's a, you know, it's a different, you can entertain somebody for four minutes, not let's see if you can do it for two hours, let's see if you can do it for three episodes, let's see if you can do it for 10, 13. You gotta be a partner a, a, at the firm. Yeah. What's up? You gotta be a partner at the firm. You just can't so, be you an know, I'm trying, I'm trying to give advice and guide them and help them grow as, as directors and become filmmakers, you know, because a lot of people like call themselves filmmakers, but they never shot a film. Like they, they never even, you know, so I'm like, yeah, it's a great title to have, but you know, you got to go out there and actually make one. You know what I mean? It's, it's easy to be a critic, <laughs> you know, but you got to go, you got to, you know, to make a movie, you got to put your head on the chopping block. Cause the minute you make a movie, it ain't the videos. Like you make a video, you make a good one two weeks later, people forget about the whack one. Yeah. If you make a movie that took a year of your life and people don't like it, I mean, you got to sit in that theater for two hours with nobody <laughs> clapping and laughing or whatever. I mean, it's a, it's a whole nother thing. You know, it's, it ain't for everybody. No. So, and, the internet, and the internet lives forever now. So that's yes. never going away. So we're going to run a segment with you, Jesse. We're going to show you four images. They're from your work. The images yeah. display. If you can make it out, let us know what it is. Is it a film? Is it a video? Uh, <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Craze did a great job doing these. Uh, we call this segment Distorted Picks. Jeez, uh, Distorted Picks. I'm ready. You ready? So let's go to the first one, which I like a lot. Um, one of my favorite pieces of work that you've done. I'm excited to see it. So there you go. That's the distorted picture. Uh, you know what? Um, that's so plain because you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can tell. I, I can tell. I can tell because the two girls on the side. It's the purple too. The purple. Yeah. Give it Whoa, that purple gives it away. That is so plain all day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's the image. There it is. <laughs> yeah. That 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 um the purple. I because I have the soul play. I, I shied away from purple for a minute. I mean, yeah. it was. I have one question. Did you keep? Any props from Soul Plane? I hope you did. I have some stuff in storage from Soul Plane. I have some of like the storyboards we first did. I have some of the clothes and you know some stuff. Not not much. That's fire. That's fire. Here's our second image. Let's see if you can guess this one. Oh uh, yeah, that's from the Maluma movie. Oh, you're pretty. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do a good job at these. Yeah, bro. You know what it is, bro? Rick Rick made me feel bad. He's like, yo, he's not going to get none of these shits if you, if you distort him. <laughs> and you can never take a man from a passion of his work. Never. So I, I mean, the thing is, is I, you know, I, besides, I don't personally sit behind the computer and edit them, but I sit with my editors. So, like, you know, I've watched these things so much that. But he comes, yeah. You know, but, you know, right, you know you might, like, let's go. Those two, those two. I this got one him. might I be a little like, harder. Uh. Uh, this one's tough. This one's tough. Uh, is it a music video? Give me a hint. Uh, I'll give you, it is a music video. Bad Bunny? Damn, you got it. It is hey. Bad Bunny. It wow. is Bad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> it's by the, by the haircut. I was like... <laughs> Jesse, next time, no lifelines, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a good lifeline. I needed that. You got to give me some sort of hint. So this one right here, I think this one's also pretty. You did a pretty good job with this one, Craig. 
It's a good. This is good though. I like. I like this. This. This challenge. So that's the last one. Which one do you? What do you think that is? Uh, it's not up. It's still Bad Bunny. Oh, it's still Bad Bunny. It's not up. Oh no, we have another one. Yeah, yeah I see the other. One. I see the other one. You see the other one already? Yeah. I I, I don't see it. I still see the image of Bad Bunny. Okay. Really? Oh, there there it goes. Oh, there it goes. All right, we got it. Uh, I got this one too. Dang. <laughs> as as Nikki Jamal got it on, no. Let's go. Wait, with Don Kill holding the thing. Let's see. I, I, you could be wrong. I don't know. Craze already gave him the answer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? You know what? Because and, and um, when we were shooting this scene, I like the still a still of this, and it was one of my favorite stills. So you know, once I saw the square, I just knew. You know, that's well, what happens when creatives. You see, when creative energy connects, that's yeah, what. Happens. At least you know. You know, I really do my job. Cause I, no, people ain't that focused in their work. That one was like, like a really powerful image from that shit for me too. Like that, just that picture, bro. It's itself. It tells a story. You feel me? Like when you look at that shit, you're like, damn. To go from oh. that, what you doing? Thank you for playing distorted picks with us. Uh, we always like no, to he, end off. He, he, like Rick, he really kicked our ass. He got four, we get four, four. He got, he got them all. <laughs> Crazy, he beat you. So yep. Crazy took his first loss in Crazy's challenge. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> like so we that. like to close out our show with three, two, one. So it's basically three things you've watched recently. Doesn't have to be your work, or it could be your work. Two things you're listening to. It could be an audiobook or music. And one thing you do to keep your sanity. Okay. Uh <laughs> Three things that I'm watching. Uh, you know, I saw uh, Walter Mercado. Hey, saw, well, that was beautiful. Yeah. That was, that was, I like, yeah, yeah. So I, 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 I check that out. Um, I was watching Baker and the Beauty, supporting a bunch of my friends. I love Baker and the Beauty. Can we please get that back on somewhere? I'm you a know, huge fan. And, uh, you know, I, Penny Dreadful. Penny you know, yeah, because you know, this, this, this was an all Latino cast too. My one of my best friends, Adam Rodriguez, was on it, so I was supporting that. Um, but you know, a bunch of stuff, you know, supporting the Latinos as always. Um, two things that I'm listening to, uh, you know, I'm big on audiobooks. I mean, really, what I was listening recently, Lely has some music coming out, so she was. We were going through some of the music, so I've been listening to that and rocking to her song. Oh, wait, so you're telling me there's underground Lely music coming out right it's now? It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. So I was listening to <laughs> that. Talk after this, Jesse. We're going to have to talk after this. And then, um, you know, I was listening to um, Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter, the 50 book. I was listening to the audio book. And, you know, because I worked with 50 for so long, I mean, the book was incredible, and it, it, it was his voice. So it was just... Oh, I was shit. out there riding bikes every day, listening. It was like I was on the phone with him. He was. I just down. purchased the book. I haven't because you know. I had a son two weeks ago, so I haven't had a chance to. Congratulations, listen. man! Thank you, thank you. I, but I, I haven't. That's something I want to get to. And one thing you—it's uh, it's great. And 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 honestly, to the last question. So one of the things um, to keep saying is that um, that's what I do. I mean, I, I I've been walking a lot. 
I've been riding a lot of um, my bike a lot. I've been, um, I spent quarantine in Punta Cana, so I was able to like walk oh. to the beach and ride. And, <laughs> and crazy. Um, like, crazy. Like, I can imagine myself with a hookah in Punta Cana. So, so it was, you know, walking, riding, and, and listening to an audio book. That's what I've been doing. You know, that's how I got through 50s book. And I've been, you know, listening to a bunch of the other stuff. Mastery by Robert Greene. Just, you know, just putting a lot of knowledge and different things in my head. Great so, selections. I want to say, that was Clarence, our photographer. I want to say thank you for coming on the show. It's an absolute honor and pleasure to have you on our podcast. Um, appreciate you taking time to be with us. Uh, shout out to Yuli, by the way. Probably have a phone yeah, yeah. call coming. Yes, uh, love you, Yuli. So stay <laughs> tuned in September. You're dropping the Latin Trap show. It's ten episodes. You said no, it's eight episodes. Yes. Eight episodes. Eight it's ep- called Bravas. But you know Bravas. what this means? You know what this means? When the show's coming out in September, we just have to have another episode talking about just the episode. Well, one uh, but let's do it. Let's do it. If we got out of the people, I can bring some of the cast and we talk and we'll have a good time. You know, I mean, so. Zoom is a party. Let's do this. <laughs> but, but look, I'm down. Once we, we lock in the date, I'll circle back with you guys and I'll let you know. And, you know, but if we're going to start rolling things out probably sometime in towards the end of August. We're going to start rolling out the trailers and music. There's a lot of original music that comes with the show. So there's a there's a lot coming. That's awesome. And if you, you know man. you ever need any extras, you know, you have a newborn, you got some Latino, Dominican, I'm Central American, I got a little Puerto Rican child I made. Like, we can make this happen. <laughs> and when yeah. I oh, love. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate y'all. Thank you me. for coming on, Jesse. Much Thank love you. and respect. We look forward Bye, to more. Love. Thank you. That's my appearance. Sorry. That she was couldn't hold herself at the last minute, guys. I was like trying Hi, to hold Bella. her up there in the corner. So Hi Bella. I've just got wrapped up. Hi Bella. Welcome back. Say season everybody six. hi to the Rick H show. <laughs> uh season six is coming. Middle of August, end of August. We gotta sit down and talk. A couple more episodes. Happy 70th to us. Happy 70th. I Kids, wish Rick, us much Rick, more. I know. Look, listen. I'm, I'm going to have to take over for 5.2 seconds as the woman. Here. <laughs> okay. You didn't want to bring up your own child. Huge milestone. My Rick, son, yes. Jonas. His name is Jonas. I became a dad two and a half weeks ago. Please. Can we talk off. about it? How do you feel? How are you? He looks feel great. I feel great. How's Man, mama bear? Huh? How's Mama Bear? Mama Bear's doing good. She's with him right now. She's doing terrific. Um, it's just different perspective in life. Uh, I had a conversation with Craig about the moment when your son is born or your daughter's born. People tell you there's no way to describe it or to... There isn't, you know. Uh, the nurses thought I was going to pass out. I lost all the color in my face. I'm so happy Ooh. you were at least there, especially during COVID. <laughs> I was just stunned. A lot of people that chance. So it- going through all the motions, it was it was crazy. Um, but amazing. he's home. He's healthy. He's growing. He eats a lot. It's and a then blessing. he'll be like this, hanging out on the Rick H show. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. As well, he hopefully smile, he his own show. Who knows? Maybe. After you've warned them for three hours not to come here. <laughs> Anywho, um, but no, uh, I'm I'm very excited for you. I mean, obviously, new daddy. 
and congratulations though for real seriously thank it's, you. You know, i know you're like not like uh, but like congratulations no i i i'm excited it's just you know i i, no, no, no. Uh, I mean, like you're just not talking about it like no i'm just really as a parent like, you're excited but it's a lot to take as in. far as like you know I, we've only posted one picture of our son, you know, I just very reserved with him and that uh, I just want to, I'm, I'm lucky we're in a pandemic. I'm able to be home. I'm able to spend time with him and her together. So I'm just taking it in. A lot of friends of mine have told me that uh, they're, they're, they grow up so fast. So to take they pictures do. of them every day and to enjoy and it. As much as Actually, I think videos are more important than, than pictures to be honest especially now that we can do that because then they grow up at you and they tell you that they don't want to do things yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. we're trying to do videos i just has a couple videos of him um it's just it's a lot you know I, i'm working full-time i i'm still doing a lot of creative stuff on the side and then We take care of him, so enjoy enjoy what you can. And sometimes when you we forget to like grab the phone and take a picture because we're just no. Playing. And sometimes you don't need to. Yeah. But when the times are right, they will be there. Yeah, bro. They have been so far. They've been amazing. Enjoy. My son is going to be a. Uh, he's very attractive. He's a cute baby. Um, <laughs> I've he said looks like his mother. Then I've, I've said this statement before. Not all babies are cute. And if I get killed for that online, it's fine. But he's oh, an attractive guy. Um, and yeah. no, he's cute. He does look a lot like you, bro. He, he looks like me. He? he has a lot of of Jess's uh, mannerisms, and he has facial features. He does look like me, but he he also is like, like he looks I, like you, but he acts like her. Kind of, yeah. I would say that. That's my daughter. She she looks like her father, but she acts just like me. So everybody thinks she looks like me. She doesn't. I feel like uh, she. Looks I like think her. she does. I think she does. If you look at if you look at a picture of her father, trust me, you'll be like, "Ooh, you're right." So, thank you guys for coming on, and happy seventieth. Enjoy your summer. Well, now when we're coming back, crazy. You got something to say before we go? Um, uh, I love y'all. Uh, stay safe. Uh, be nice to Jess. And uh, <laughs> stay crazy, bros. Jayla, do you have something to say? Don't have kids. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. No, man, I'm just excited for the next step. And even if I'm technically not yeah. there, I will always be there. And you guys are not getting rid of me this easily, damn it. Season six. I love you guys. You guys have been the best thing that has happened to me. Hashtag you. more than a podcast. Bye. Coming bye. at the end of August. Bella says bye. Craze got stuck. Clarence says stay blessed. Much love and respect. We'll see you guys next time.